You are now listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Doc, sharing insights through real, honest, and practical ways to improve your communication and relationships. Featuring your hosts, Dr. Pamela Kreiser, Meredith Edwards Nagel, and Taylor Polindo. Hey, happy anniversary! Happy anniversary. I know it's like a couple days away. One year. It's amazing. What a journey. It went fast. Yeah. Fast. It went slow when I was editing though. <laughs> <laughs> all the laughs. All the laughs, all the sound effects. You know, I love sound effects. Yes. That's commitment though. One year. I like it. Yeah, that's true. It's been a lot of fun. And thank you to all of you who have listened that whole year. We are excited to be doing another year with you. So we're starting off with a new series on fallacies. First question you might have, what's a fallacy? It's an argument that has a flaw to it. So we say it's a fallacy. Now you might've studied these in school, or you might have heard about them in in the general public, or you've heard people accuse people of having fallacies. And the question that we're thinking about, are there things that you and I say that fundamentally are flawed like that, that contain fallacies? Our series that we're going to do is to examine some of those fallacies. In doing that, we look to a number of different fallacies and how they're related. So there's sort of groupings. They sort of have cousins. We want to talk about some of those groupings with you. One of the first ones we want to talk about is this idea of a hasty generalization. And it has a number of associated fallacies with it, like lying with statistics or telling a half truth, jumping to conclusions, rushing to judgment a faulty inductive leap, which Hmm. I'll get into that in a minute. (laughs) All those things are sort of related around this idea that we can get to a conclusion too quickly without doing the necessary research to find out if that conclusion is in fact valid. One of the early questions we should ask is why is this important? Why should we care about fallacies? Yeah. Taylor. There's so much information at us all the time. I mean, you Mm -hmm. can't even pump gas without a screen selling something to you. So there's so much information around. And I think it is important to be able to understand and qualify good information and good sound arguments. Yeah. I don't think necessarily we have to take all this information and start debating everyone and start saying like, you're wrong here. Here's, you didn't show sufficient evidence in your day-to-day conversation. Right. Maybe take away oh, you know what, that wasn't maybe the best information and not be swayed by all the info you're receiving Mm. from social media, from the gas station, from your friends, whoever it is, Mm -hmm. so that just you're ultimately able to sift through and find good logical arguments and not just be pushed around by the big headline. I love that. Does that make sense? Yeah, so it's sort of like discernment. Yeah, let's learn some logical discernment. I like that. The logical discernment series. I like that. <laughs> Evidence-based logical discernment series. <laughs> I like it because I do think that right now there's so much argument and conversation and unrest in our world that I don't know that people are stopping to discern one thing from another and they might just accept it without vetting it, so to speak. Totally. Yeah, I think we'll get into that too with our next fallacy. And that's where the origin of the information comes from. Yeah, which is a great one. I was just also just going to touch really quickly and say, this reminds me of, is it's the opposite of what we talk about a lot in this podcast. It's the opposite of the 
trading comfort for growth because these fallacies, especially hasty generalizations, are like mind shortcuts. Like they're quick, they're mm. quick, they're easy, they're cheap. Yeah. And yeah. part of what we're wanting to do here is trade our comfort for some of that to grow. Yeah, I love it. I felt like this whole week in thinking about these topics, it's critical thinking. And I don't know about you, but critical thinking makes my brain more tired than any other topic. I guess that's why it's critical thinking. But (laughs) more than talking about emotions or like, oh, you know, let's talk about the fight that we recently had. Mm -hmm. This is very logical arguments. We're looking into that so that we can Mm -hmm. discern, can we can identify good information. And yeah, it is... I found it very exhausting. Exhausting to be critically thinking. But if it's exhausting, then we maybe need to get more muscle Mm. built up of our critical thinking muscles. (laughs) Yeah, we should be thinking more. I like that. (laughs) So when we're talking about this fallacy series, it's basically for us to identify in a few episodes some different ways our reasoning is flawed. And so our first one is this hasty generalization or jumping to conclusions. And we're going to dive right in. So where do you think this shows up? How does it sound? Okay. So for me, I literally thought that it was all parenting advice. It's just all, (laughs) it's all a hasty generalization because when I was looking at at it, they they were talking about insignificant numbers. So you use an example of one or two, and then you make a generalization Mm -hmm. about everything. Mm Mm-hmm. And isn't that what parenting advice is? It's anecdotal and it's based off your small (laughs) research of your small, yeah, like either your friends. I mean, there's some books you've probably read out there, but who knows if you remember the data correctly. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was thinking is that I was like, this sounds a lot like parenting advice are a lot of hasty generalizations. I like that. So sleep deprived parents (laughs) mention their sample size of one baby. Yeah. Well, I did it this way. So that's how you need to do it. Or that's how babies are. My baby <laughs> does this. So all babies yeah, are this actually, way. Right. You know what's funny? That's it's, or like, it's, this is going to be your life now. I actually, I literally was at the bank today and mm-hmm. the lady noticed my birthday was yesterday. She was like, Oh, happy belated birthday. I was like, yeah, it's a little different, you know, pregnant. She goes, Oh yeah. You're not going to get any more birthdays after this anyway. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> oh. And I was, and then she goes, I said, all, and I was thinking about this tonight. And I was like, all yeah. of them, all of my birthdays are gone. And she they're goes, gone. Yeah, they're all gone. And I went, well, I'm going to make sure I, that doesn't happen to me. Wow. <laughs> weird. Yeah. Huh. So I like that all parenting advice or maybe all advice. I don't know. Maybe, oh, oh, maybe all advice. I mean, I'm sure there's some good parenting advice out there and I want to knock it all, but no, it but there's a lot like, to be knocked. I yeah. Think. <laughs> what's a what's a good one? So what's like an example of a, a parenting one people would say to you in conversation that you, that stuck out? Oh my goodness, you put me on the spot. You have two uh, boys. Well, specific to that. Specifically to me, and I don't want to give any kind of advice on this because it's not the recommendation from health experts. But people always about putting my boys on their back, but my boys did Mm -hmm. not ever sleep on their back. As soon as I would lay them down, their eyes would pop open. And so then people would just kind of say like, well, you need to do this or you need to do that. And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, but that is not working for me. So I had to come up with something else. Yeah. So, okay, great. Thank you for the suggestion. But then you just have to do what works for you. Oh yeah. A lot of times we have these overly categorical phrases that we use. So I guess we could say something like, you know how all babies cry when they're three months old. Hmm. Our boys can't be potty trained as fast as girls. Ooh. Mm. 
Well, based on what? Like I haven't <laughs> seen actual data on that one. Or they'll say they're easier. You know, that there's a lot of boy-girl comparisons, I think, that yes. where people don't have the data and then they say, because they have two boys or they have two girls or whatever it is. Yeah, that's yeah, their totally. sample. Hmm. They say that about in pregnancy, right? They say you you have your weight around your middle if you're carrying a, a baby girl. Yeah, I got a lot it, of guesses for that. I still get them. Right. Yeah, and they then, always thought I had girls too because of how I carried. And I was like, hmm, two boys. <laughs> when you said that, Taylor, that made me think of a study that I read, which is by Sanchez and Dunning. They did this experiment where they were trying to get people to generalize where they thought these fish came from. So they had these two ponds and one had way more red fish in it and one had way more gray. It doesn't matter what the numbers are. What they did was they said, draw out these fish and then guess which lake they came from. And what they found, people were willing to make that conclusion after just like three or four fish, even though there were hundreds in the ponds. <laughs> what? They would say, oh, this is for sure from lake one. And this is for sure from lake two. And then they had, they continued on their experiments and they found that 30% actually did it based on one fish. So they would pick up one or, or maybe two fish and they would say, oh yeah, they're for sure from lake one. This is for sure from lake two without collecting any kind of a sample to figure out what would be like maybe probability wise or something like that. Mm -hmm. They call those people that only use one or two fish to base their entire conclusion about the experiment. They call them high jumpers. I was going to say gamblers. Are these gamblers? (laughs) (laughs) They're they're high jumpers. So that means they jump to conclusions quick. And I thought, ah, that's interesting. Do we know any high jumpers? I know a few. Yeah. Mm. Are people that just like must cling on to some sort of certainty? It's kind of what it makes me think. When we're talking about this idea of getting to a conclusion and we say jumping to a conclusion, it kind of, or hasty generalization implies going too quickly, right? Mm-hmm. What they're commenting on is something called the inductive leap. And it's inductive something that you and I do leap. all the time. Yeah. The inductive leap. And so it's where we have a couple of experiences and then we decide, okay, now I believe this thing. And the question is how many of those data points do you need to make that conclusion? So let's just make it simple. You go to a restaurant and you have a bad experience. Yeah. You could jump to a conclusion and say, this restaurant sucks. Mm-hmm. So the question is, how many times does it need to suck for you to make that inductive leap, meaning you make that generalization or you or that leap of faith, so to speak? Because you haven't sampled it every night of the week, right? So the question is, how many times do you need to have it suck? Interesting. Is there a correct answer to that question? I don't think so. You know, I do like quizzes, <laughs> I was, but... I was going to answer. I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm like... It doesn't take me many times before I won't go back. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting thing because we all kind of differ, but what we're talking about is that process of going from the data and leaping to the conclusion. Isn't that what toddlers do? Is they like learn a few things. Oh, dogs have hair and they have a tail. So then everything that has hair and a tail is a dog. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, are we going to ever get past that? Maybe adults (laughs) are kind of like stuck in this very toddler stage. Yeah. I mean, that's how they make sense of the world. And you and I are trying to make sense of the world. We're trying to decide what's a good restaurant or a negative person or a bad habit or whatever. I guess the first question is how do we stop ourselves from jumping to conclusions? I'm going to go with what you've advised in previous episodes, which, which is not to stop ourselves, but 50% stop ourselves. (laughs) This is 
this can even be like funny. I mean, we do it all the time. It's it's very dramatic language. It's very always like this or like mm-hmm. all men suck, you know, when you're dating or all, or all women or whatever. Right? All women are bad drivers. By yeah. The way. Mm-hmm. Or, or just, yeah, all, all those kinds of things. It's I think we get caught up in that language pretty easily. Even just this week in like thinking about it, I, I didn't think I jumped to conclusions, but I, I can see how easy it is to get caught up in this type of conversation. Mm-hmm. So I want to know how to 50% reduce it first, if I could start there. <laughs> yeah. So, so to identify them, I, it sounds like a lot of them start with hyperboles, exaggerated speech. So always mm-hmm. everyone, when you're picking yeah. a word that includes, which couldn't possibly ever be true to be right, everyone, right. all female drivers, all men, that could never be true. So maybe identifying when you hear one would be a, yeah. like the first place to start. And start with ourselves just to say, are you using terms like everyone or all mm-hmm. or categories like baby boys do this? Mm. I really do dislike mm-hmm. that. <laughs> I, it is interesting when people come through with that advice. I love that connection. Mm-hmm. I think that's one is to kind of listen for the language something I'm thinking about is this idea that we could check the source of it. Okay. Like I hear you talk about the parenting advice. You could ask based on what? Mm-hmm. Based on the one time I went to that restaurant mm-hmm. or based on the one child I have. I mean, you're not trying to out them to get them to be uncomfortable, but are it, you? <laughs> but, but yeah, maybe it's just their experience or maybe they have done research or maybe they, every single person they know. And so then, I mean, that's not necessarily something to, knock. So yeah, that's a great, get a little more information, do a little I more. I could digging. also see Taylor being a little snarky. <laughs> I could too. Always, but like, why? Like, like specifically? Oh, with all the kids you have, is that where oh. you got all that research? Uh-oh. You have like one child. <laughs> uh No, I try, honestly, parenting is tough. I really try not to knock them. They're, everyone's trying their best. <laughs> As she laughs at the end of the can't even It's try. so hard, Mayor. It's so hard. I came in. I'm trying my best and I feel like I'm failing all the time. So no no judgment on other parents. Okay. So we're so we're identifying the all, everyone, most uh-huh. people, the category boys, girls. Okay. All the uh-huh. exaggerations. My way of using that is it's the, it's the drama of it all. You can think of some people in your life. I can't that just speak very dramatically. I, I can fall into that sometimes, you know, I... Sure. I guess. (laughs) So I think one way you could do it is be like, sure. What are your sources, you know, or based on your limited experience, could you been a parent for two years, you know, or something like that. Uh And I don't think that's probably going to get us very far or it might get us additional problems. Is that that even important to know where they got the information or you just kind of say like, oh, interesting. So tone and neutrality, is that what you're trying to get at? I don't know. I, that's what I'm like. Is it important that we need to like find out their sources or we just let them have that and, and you go research it yourself? I don't know. Yeah, do that, that's a good point. I mean, I think there's, I guess, check sources when there is an obvious source, but if we think the source is crappy, mm-hmm. then we may want to think about a different tactic, which might be to say, well, I've also heard this. Mm-hmm. You see, you're giving a, a counter example. Or maybe an additional thing that's been your experience. Okay. Because a lot of times we like to say, oh, on all women are bad drivers. We're like, here's one driver that's a woman that's really a great driver. See, I disproved you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if disproving is going to get us very far, but it yeah, is what's kind of the an goal here. Yeah, exactly. Kind of lands us on this what to do about it. 
And one of the, the ideas is to, instead of discounting it, to add additional experience to it. Okay. Is there a way of doing that without disproving? Well, I don't know that you are technically disproving. So let's take the example that Taylor gave about the boys. You said the advice is to sleep them on their backs? That all babies should sleep on their back. Okay. But I was never had any luck with that. And, and we were told to have them sleep on their sides. Okay. Yeah. And then, I and think then there's the generation a whole group before on the tummy. that says yeah. the tummy. Yeah. So yeah. It, yeah, it's changed over time. Sure. So already it's a very suspect topic, but, <laughs> but so let's say somebody says, oh, you know, babies sleep best on their backs, but mm-hmm. you don't have that experience. Mm-hmm. Couldn't you also say in my experience, actually my boys slept a little bit better on their tummies or on their sides or whoever they slept. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's so bad to add that in. It's I not necessarily what, like disproving it, but just offering your own experience. Right. Okay. Well, I'm wondering why is this important? Why is it important to kind of stop and say like, not that you need to say, hey, that's a hasty generalization. Like you need to not say that. But why is it important that we should be able to identify these and not listen to them or fall prey to them? Maybe noticing stereotypes. Oh, yeah. I think that, that's the first thing I think of, of why this interested me and why I want to, why I care to listen for it or know when I'm doing it. Reducing stereotypes in your life that, you know, aren't helpful. Yeah. Two categories of people or, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So what we're saying is it's good to identify hasty generalizations so that you can identify when there's maybe someone is shaping a narrative. Mm-hmm. I think shaping a narrative and sometimes defending it based on nothing, which we've certainly seen people do. Right. And and part of why I'm thinking about this right now, February 2022, we have a lot of discussion going on in the world right now about a lot of important topics. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me how careful we need to be about conclusions. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah, afraid we- we're rushing to judgment too quickly. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of beginning stages of information and a lot of reaction versus like mm-hmm. just allowing information to come to the table and then having a response. Mm-hmm. But, be- and maybe we don't always need to have a response. I don't know if we always need to combat them, but I think it is important to know when a good argument is being made so that you're not Mm -hmm. maybe swayed by bad information. It's good to Mm -hmm. be able to identify. Not to get back to the heart of data, but does that, isn't this that what's so good or what's so important about research is that there is larger sample sizes Mm -hmm. and more information to draw conclusions from, not just really small sample sizes or just like my lived experience with these two kids or whatever it is, these two relationships for with this one sex are, are mm-hmm. right. And then creating some narrative, like you said, or some story mm-hmm. based on that. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. So then it kind of gives us the motivation to do more research. Oh no. I know you love that. In preparing for this, you had mentioned that that social media being your news source. And it also makes me think of social media being a, a place where we look at other people living these lives that we long for. Mm-hmm. And knowing that it's it's in there can be like an internal generalization, right? Like you can look like, oh, I wish I had that life or that money or the ability to have that time, yeah. yeah, right. When it's just this just snap of an image of that, and who knows if that's even real? I mean, implied is you're making a generalization based on one or two picks, mm-hmm. yeah, that they have a great life, yeah, that they are having a fun party, that they had a good wedding or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
So maybe don't use social media as your one source for everything. Is it that seems what like just like a slight takeaway. I think that's a good takeaway. <laughs> as we wrap up this episode, let's identify a couple of strategies that we can take forward to reduce our jumping to conclusions. The first strategy is to watch the terms that you use. The second is to avoid stereotypes. And the third is to do your own research and not make your conclusions based on the research of others. Once again, thank you for joining us today. Please remember to rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast. And thank you for listening to Asking for a Friend. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Our email is hello at afafpodcast.com. This show is for educational purposes only and is copyrighted. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting. Thanks for listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Talk.